0: The accidental safety pro brought to you by vivid learning systems and hsi company episode number 19 my name is jill james vivid's chief safety officer and today i'm joined by siobhan who is a safety professional from wisconsin currently working in the safety and training education industry siobhan welcome to the podcast thank you so much for having me Jill. <laughs> oh it's so great to uh to be with uh with a fellow Midwesterner <laughs> again, and we'll see we'll see what people think about our accents. I have a feeling that mine is like already worse than yours. You must not have grown up in the Midwest, or did you?
1: I no, I did. I'm born and raised um, in Wisconsin, so I've been here the majority of my life. <laughs>
0: Dang, somehow you got around it. I know. I guess I lucked out. <laughs> right.
1: If I go to other parts of the country, they don't say that. They can still hear
0: it. So <laughs> mm, do you get asked often if you're from Canada?
1: um sometimes I feel like the further south I go in the country then uh-huh. the more I hear people saying that I sound like I'm from Canada and I say no but close
0: <laughs> yeah right I say the same thing but maybe we should just start saying yes because it sounds like more exotic you know you right? from another country Canada <laughs> anyway so Siobhan interested to hear your story today and uh how you accidentally got into the, into the safety and health industry and how many, how many years have you been in safety now?
1: Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about that, I guess, close to 13 years now. Wow. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, how
0: did it, how did you find your way into it?
1: Uh, well, it's funny because, you know, you say, how did you accidentally get into it? And I don't. I don't know if I did it accidentally.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so, you might you might be the one whoa, episode number nineteen, the one person who knew since she was a little girl. I don't know. No? I mean okay. well, <laughs> I
1: don't know if I knew it. I'll just so here's yeah. here's kind of the thing is yeah. my mom actually teaches at the University of Wisconsin Whitewater in the mm-hmm. occupational and environmental safety and health department. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. She's been teaching there since 1983. So since Mm. I was two, I guess I'll date myself. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And so I grew up around it, you know, other kids, Mm. you know, didn't grow up around safety. I grew up doing fire drills in our house once a quarter. Um, (laughs) You know, when we, when we would get new, you know, just household chemicals in the in the house, she would spend time reading the labels and showing us the labels and showing us what was wrong with it and why she didn't want us to use certain things. And, you know, when we moved into our new house and it had a second story, so that was when I was around nine or 10, Mm -hmm. she got us all um, ladders that Mm -hmm. we could use to get out of our window in case Mm -hmm. of a fire. I mean, these were all normal things. And I would hear her, I remember when they were building the house and she would say, you know, it would really be cool if we put a sprinkler system in the house. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. why would we need a sprinkler system Mm -hmm. in our house? And I remember her having conversations with my dad about her concerns with having carpeting everywhere and having an attached garage and all of these things. And it was just normal for me to hear all of that.
0: You grew up with like a super safety mom. Yeah. That is like... (laughs) Somehow, I'm feeling like I might have, I might be slightly inadequate as a safety mom. I haven't done the chemical training with my son. We've talked about like meeting locations and emergencies outside the house. Wow. (laughs) That's fantastic.
1: She would talk about all the stuff and she'd come home from class and talk Mm -hmm. about different things and her. So, you know, she talks about everything, but the the classes that she taught the most, um, back then it was called uh, Industrial Accident Prevention, mm. and then she also taught Fire Protection and Prevention, and that was no actually wonder. the class she liked the most. So, yeah. you know, I, everything that there is to, to talk about with that, we would hear commonly just yeah. day by day. Right. But, you know, it was me and my, I, I have an older sister, she's seven years older than me, I don't know why... This didn't get embedded in her. She went in a totally
0: different trajectory <laughs> with her career. Is she um, like a professional skydiver or something? <laughs> she No, actually,
1: it's funny. She went to school. Her major was in theater, and her minor was in art. And she's now, uh, she works for a bank collecting, uh, basically in their deck collections department. Mm-hmm. And she helps to collect on people who aren't paying their mortgages so she does something completely different from what she went to school for but with me you know i grew up with all of this and so i was coming up on my senior year of high school and it was one of those situations where i was ahead with all of my credits and i was ahead with all of the classes that i needed to take so i was meeting with my guidance counselor and he suggested that i look into taking a course at college. Mm -hmm. So I went home, and I'm talking to my parents about it, and my mom said, well, you're going to have to take Intro to Safety when you go to college anyway if you decide that you're going to go to UW-Whitewater, which I knew that's what I wanted to do. She said, so why don't you take that? And You know Craig, he was the one who was teaching the class, and I had known him since I was little because my mom had been working there since Mm -hmm. I was little. So I said, Okay, that sounds like fun. And so I went and I took the class and learned a lot of things. And I really liked it. I really enjoyed it a lot, actually, and and Mm -hmm. did a really good job in it. And then I got done with my high school, with my senior year of high school and graduated. And I started getting this—I don't know—almost a panic over me because I knew that I really liked safety, but something in me was saying, "You can't be exactly like your mom. You've <laughs> got to go and do something else. Like you got to go struggle. be your yeah. You got to go be your own person. Be your own person." And so, mm-hmm. when I went to start school, the the other passion that I had was in music, which my parents weren't surprised because my sister being the art major and Mm -hmm. the theater major. They said, well, sure, of course you like music. So I decided I was going to be a music major and it was going to be great. And maybe I was going to play in an orchestra someday. I was really good at piano and clarinet. And Mm -hmm. so that was my thought. And I started going through the program and stayed in it for maybe a year, a year and a half and really started thinking about it. And I said, the only way I'm really going to make any good money this is the feedback I'm getting from professors is the only way I'm really going to make any good money is if I go all the way up to getting my doctorate and then I teach at a university Uh and I said I don't want to do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like my mom anyway then (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I said that's
1: (laughs) that's not going to work and so then I realized okay well instead of continuing to stumble through college maybe let's pump the brakes and take some time to figure out what we really want to do mm-hmm. and so I took a semester off and while I was going to college I was also working part-time at a collections agency because my sister was working there and she said mm-hmm. well you need money I'll get you a job and I said all right you know I guess mm-hmm. I'll be a debt collector um, mm-hmm. which was really interesting and it actually helped with my sales skills and made Mm -hmm. me realize that if you can sale a a negative product like getting people to pay their debt you can probably Mm -hmm. sell anything so it was a good experience but i started working there full-time when i decided to take a semester off of college Mm -hmm. and i remember one day just sitting there and thinking this can't be what i do for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and i had a manager at the time who said, well, you know, I went to college and then I decided to quit and I started doing this full time and look at me now. And I mean, she was good as a manager, but there were so many other things that I would hear her talk about day in and day out of things that she was unhappy about. And I said, well, if that's how it's going to be, then I need to go back to school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. don't want to be like that. And so then I'm sitting here and I'm like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And I was talking with my dad and he said, I don't know why you're fighting it. And I said, fighting what? And he said, the only thing you've ever been interested in is safety. And he said, your mom would come home and talk about things. Your sister was never interested in it, but you always were. Mm -hmm. And he said, why are you fighting it? And Mm -hmm. I said, I don't want to be like my mom.
0: (laughs) Sounds like your mom was a great role model. She was a, she's an amazing role model. I don't
1: know what my problem was. And so I said, well, I'll just take a couple classes and see how it goes. (laughs) So I went back part time and, you know, I got through my, like my chemistry classes and physics classes, but I was taking a class here and there in safety as well. Mm -hmm. And, and then I said, what am I doing? So I went back full time Dove right into safety, and it was the best decision I ever made. I hmm. I think the only regret I have now is that I didn't realize it sooner. <laughs>
0: but, but I bet you built some pretty interesting skills. Like you said, when you were doing the deck collection work, um, it helped you with sales skills, which we all need in safety. But I, I bet it also um, sharpened some empathy skills, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, you were hearing a lot of stories every day from people about their life circumstances
1: and i 'll tell you something uh, I think that I had too much empathy
0: it was not the job for me. you know
1: there were people who were hitting these crazy goals of how much money they were bringing in every month, and I was the person who. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Go ahead and pay five dollars a month for the next twenty years. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so you know, my managers weren't the happiest with that, but you're right. I mean, I would hear all these different stories, mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. I found myself having compassion for a lot of the yeah. people that we were talking to. So right. and
0: and rightfully so. Very often, right? Yeah, rightfully yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious. Backing up, when you you said you everyone has to take intro to safety. Um, at Whitewater, is that, is that like a, is that a requirement of the college or did your mom, or is that your mom saying like, you have to take intro to safety? You know, here's the thing
1: is, I think it was her more saying that I had to do that. <laughs> now, uh-huh. I know that since then, um, they've updated the program and I think now it's called personal and public safety. Oh, and now I idea. believe, I think it now is a requirement for students to take, mm-hmm but back then I think she just told me it was a requirement and mm-hmm. it really wasn't and she just she knew before I did that yeah. this was the field that I needed to yeah. be in and she was just trying to get me in the right direction. So when that day came and I told her, "Okay, I'm going to become a yeah. safety and health major." I I just uh, words can't describe the glow that immediately started <laughs> beaming off of her. And, and it's been a fun ride ever since. So That's so great. Yeah, but That's I had so to have great. her as a teacher twice, and that was a little mm, uh, yeah, interesting. Like? Well, the first time I had her, I sat back in the back corner of the room. I was trying not to, because the other thing is, if you saw me and then you saw my mom, you know that I am my mother's daughter. It's Mm -hmm. almost like I was cloned from her. (laughs) So I'm sitting in the back corner, and I'm trying not to have anyone make that connection. And it was the first semester that when she would do roll call, because she was all about roll call, that she Mm -hmm. used the first names instead of the last names. So we were trying really hard to hide that (laughs) connection. And I think we made it about two-thirds of the way through class. And then there was one day she had to step out for some reason, and students finally started turning to me and said, okay, you must be her niece or something. And I remember replying with, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other students said, are you her daughter? And I said, maybe. <laughs> So awesome! by the time I had her for the second class, everyone knew, obviously, and it was kind Mm -hmm. of a running joke, but people would say, so does she help you with assignments? And that was the other thing. When she Mm -hmm. was my teacher, I didn't talk to her. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to her in class. I rarely talked to her outside of class and it was both ways. She was doing it too, because I didn't want people thinking that I, I wanted to earn those grades on my own. And so I probably got less help from her than other students did because we just we didn't want anyone to think that or to assume
0: that you didn't want to play the nepotism card no not at (laughs) all not at all
1: so but you know we survived through it and it it worked out great
0: that's so cool so I'm wondering when you were when you're a little kid growing up with super safety mom (laughs) and you're doing your fire drills and you're doing you know training on chemicals and and uh, having your escape ladders, which I did as well with my son in in uh, in our house yeah. <laughs> too. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, for anyone who's who's raising kids, who have children in their life, um, who are also safety professionals, growing up like you did, do you think it uh, made you hyper vigilant or just vigilant? You know, like. You know how um, people say, "Well, if you give them too much information, it's just going to scare them." You're scaring people; they can't live. I yeah. personally don't agree with that, but I'm wondering, what was that like for you? What did, yeah, what did that, what did you, what do you remember as a kid, and how did that turn into your older life?
1: I remember it being normal. Yeah, nothing about it seemed weird or abnormal or something that isn't supposed to be happening in a family I mean the way that she presented the information the way she covered it with us I to me it all made sense which maybe it's because this was kind of embedded in me anyway Um, but I don't remember it being you know something out of the ordinary, it just seemed like it was a natural part of growing up. Now, I know that when I would talk to other friends about it as I would get older, and I'd notice things and start pointing things out, they would look at me Mm -hmm. like I was weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then yeah, I would just it... look at them like well what do you mean it's weird why wouldn't you want to know what you know right. kind of safety you need to do to protect yourself why wouldn't you want to know that you shouldn't plug in a lot of things into your power strip or <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. that chemicals are kept in this area for a certain reason or that there should yeah. be a meeting place if there's a fire why wouldn't you mm-hmm. want to know these things mm-hmm. so I just I never I don't know when when friends would react that way I just I guess I would have the equal but opposite reaction back to them. <laughs> <That's great. Yeah.
0: laughs> what was it like when you had your first, like, sleepovers or, you know, you're going to other people's <laughs> houses? I, I know what I did as a mom, so I'm curious to know what, what Supermom did. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, Supermom really tried her best not to impose that on my friends. Mm-hmm. And so she would try as hard as she could, but she would talk about certain things. She would say, yeah. you know, if there ends up being a tornado. We're going to hide underneath, you know, the stair. At that time, she said, we're going to hide underneath the stairwell in the basement. And then I remember getting older and her saying, no, that's not a good idea. What we need to do is we need to figure out what direction the tornado is coming in so we can sit in the opposite corner. I mean, she would talk about yeah. things like that. And she would yeah. talk about where we're going to meet if there was a fire. And yeah. But outside of that, she really wouldn't try to push too much on them because I think she mm-hmm. knew that not a lot of families (laughs) did what she did and she Mm -hmm. didn't want to be that weird mom that now kids don't want to spend the night at your house (laughs) because she's freaking them out um and then i would try really hard not to bring those things up when i would go to friends houses because i guess i kind of learned from my mom that not everyone has that safety sense, and you don't want to be that kid that no one wants to hmm. invite over anymore. <laughs> right. So I would try hard not to do it, but sometimes, especially if something she talked about seemed really cool, I don't know. Yeah, I right. would of course, bring absolutely. it up. It just, I liked yeah. it.
0: <laughs> when my son was little, he would he's, I remember the first time he asked me, and I don't remember what the context was. He just said, Mom, what's our safety plan for that? And I'm like, oh. okay (laughs) what a day but I also remember like calling his friends parents houses when he would go and spend time asking about firearms oh yeah and you know were they locked up and those kind of questions and I thought well you know I have a right to ask that as a parent and and uh they were you know legitimate I think questions to ask and his his little his little friends now they're not little anymore they're all teenagers and when we when we go about and do things with them, they all are like, all right, Jill, where, when is it coming? What's the safety plan? This, um, this past Halloween, the kids always do, uh, we always organize for them a scavenger hunt with an app um, called, oh, it's a really cool app. I'll think of it and share it with people because you can do your own scavenger hunt through an app and you can go around to different places in a community and um, take photos of what you're supposed to be finding or set a set a point on a map like i got to this place or i saw this or whatever okay goose chase that's the name of the app oh. and so this year the kids are like okay we're gonna do the scavenger hunt again right and i'm like y- yep but you all have driver's licenses <laughs> so do you still want the teams of parents driving you around to these places or are you gonna do it on your own and they're like we're gonna drive and so we're like okay new safety plan you know <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got drivers like the person who's driving the car is not engaged in the game you are simply the driver do you still want to play yes you know <laughs> we're like <laughs> Three cars of teenage boys driving around a community playing their goose chase. App oh my goodness! I know. Anyway, so <laughs> safety mom uh, at play there. Uh, so Siobhan, you 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 graduated with a bachelor's degree in in safety.
1: Yes. So I graduated back in two thousand and six, mm-hmm. and I actually before I graduated, I did my internship at an insurance agency. Mm-hmm. So I got to learn a lot in regards to risk management, and my I call him my mentor. His name was Jack. One of the best lessons that I felt I could have gotten from Jack was just understanding that my list is never going to end. I'm mm-hmm. always going to have a list at the end of the day, and if I can just come to terms with that, then then I should be okay. And He's right, because I'll have a lot of times where I feel my list is a million miles long and I can't tell if I've put a dent into it. Right.
0: It's so, I mean, that is so true that it was perfect and great advice from, from Jack. Our work is never done. Yeah. And and you have, and you have to be okay with that because it's going to make you, it's going to make you crazy if, (laughs) if you're not.
1: It, it It is. And there yeah. are some times where it starts to make me feel crazy, but then I think about mm-hmm. that and I say, okay, no, this is good. This is good. And obviously yeah. he taught me a lot of other things. You know, he was teaching me about, you know, uh, loss control and risk assessments and things like that. So it was, it was a great internship and it definitely guided me into, into my future career path. So yeah. I'm, I, I loved working with him and I, I would tell other people all the time, if you have any way to either connect with him or work with him, it's, it's great because he, he had a lot of wisdom to share.
0: And it allows you to see, insurance, the insurance industry allows you to see a lot of different types of workplaces too, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I only saw a few of them
1: during my internship, but I saw a lot more once I graduated from college.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what happened, what happened next after the internship? What was the first job?
1: Yeah, so I actually did a training program with a large uh, property and casualty insurance carrier down in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have stayed with that company, but it was one of those things where you did the training program and it was for loss control and so mm-hmm. you finish the training program and when you, actually let me back up when you start the training program they ask what areas do you want to work in or what regions of the country do you want to work in once you're done mm-hmm. and i told them, i said i'd really like to stay you know it, either in illinois or in wisconsin because I really did like staying close to home. A lot of our family is in those areas, and that's just where I wanted to be. I I like this area. Mm-hmm. And so when I got done with the training program, they had no openings. It was for me, and there was another um, employee who was in the program, and they didn't mm-hmm. have any openings in the area. So it was kind of a... What are we going to do with you now? And I was fortunate that when I first started the training program, the person who they basically assigned to me to be my mentor, he left a few months after I started and went to a different uh, insurance carrier. Hmm. And when he heard that this was happening to me, he told his boss about it and they reached out and said, let's have lunch. So we had lunch and they they liked what I had learned and he liked the time that he spent working with me and he was advocating she's really sharp and work comp will be her baby, but she can handle all the lines of insurance. She'll do great. And so they hired me on. So I kind of lucked out. Because the first carrier really didn't know what to do
0: with me.
1: <laughs> so I was kind of nervous. I said, Well, does this mean I don't have a job or what's yeah. getting ready to happen? Wow. So
0: you've had great mentors.
1: I have. It was really uh it was it was yeah, it was it was great. And it was a nice transition and the carrier that I went to um really got me exposure to seeing a lot of different industries. So I wasn't just going to machine shops, now I was getting to check out heat treat plants and foundries and, you know, different types of food manufacturing and uh, in Illinois they have um, the state insurance pool for people who can't get work comp insurance through a regular carrier. So I was doing a lot of investigations in there, just work comp related for the state pool so then I was getting to see A lot of small contractors and those smaller businesses that maybe only have a few employees. So I got exposure from that sense. And then I went to my first slaughterhouse while I worked there, which Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) And and I went (laughs) to my first rendering plant, which... (laughs) was very interesting and you know when they they say Uh make sure you bring a change of clothes I I definitely understood it after I visited Uh that rendering plant that yeah Uh I don't want any of this touching Uh anything in my car and and the smell
0: infuses everything I remember the first rendering plant that I went to I, I thought oh my gosh the leather in my belt smells you know like you couldn't get it you couldn't get it out yeah and I was
1: kind of embarrassed because I got sick I was in there for not Mm. even 10 minutes and the gentleman who was taking me through the facility could see the color draining from my face and so he just pointed at a bucket and i said oh and so i went over and i did end up getting sick and i walked back over and he said it happens to everyone the first time and he said we prepare you as much as we can you know he said get stuff to put under your nose you know like vicks vapor rub or something so yeah. that you aren't smelling it i mean he was telling me everything to do but he said everyone goes through it and yeah. he said that's why we have the buckets <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, I was going to, I was going to say, as you're telling this story, I'm like, don't feel bad. I know. I, it's, it's the closest I ever got to vomiting on the job. It was oh. in a meat packing plant and it, or not meat packing plant, a rendering plant. And it was, and I don't know where you were in the plant, but where it happened to me, I didn't end up vomiting, but I was as close as I have ever been at work, um, in the loadout bay. So if you can imagine where all the trucks come in, all the big semi-trailers with all the various carcasses, Uh and it was July when I was in one in Minnesota, and it was very hot, Um, and it's, you know, all of these trucks kind of back down into this a bit of a pit, and there's a roof over it um, to protect from, you know, the various weather events in Minnesota, And and so it was like tight and humid and hot. And I was walking between all of the trailers because I was checking on like the chalking of the trailers and, you know, looking for hazards, doing my job with OSHA. And I was like very overcome with that smell of death. And uh, I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to get myself out of here because I'm not going to make it.
1: (laughs) You can't see me, but I'm over here nodding my head because that was pretty much the exact same thing that happened to me. Yes. It was where everything was coming in into their big pit. And he was kind of showing me the whole process. And yeah. It didn't work out well. But then once I relieved myself, then I was fine for the rest of the tour. (laughs) The rest of the tour. (laughs) So that was good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, these safety jobs, they have us doing the craziest things. I know, and I kind Uh, of felt like
1: I was being initiated. I was being sent to, you know, some of the, and some of the neighborhoods, too, that I was being sent to were, a little sketchy at times and that would make me nervous as well but at the same time i think i also had a little bit of naive going on mm-hmm. um so i maybe wasn't always realizing just how sketchy it was until after the fact mm-hmm. yeah. so i felt like that was my you know getting initiated into yeah. into the group or 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 something Some, like that. Something. I don't know. <laughs> all
0: all all life lessons that built one on another on another that yeah. have taken you to the next place. Yeah, so what did you what did you like best about the insurance industry?
1: I'd say honestly, I think what I liked the best was being able to go out and see all of the different types of businesses that they insure and be, being able to see the different exposures that employees have depending mm-hmm. on the operation I was going to. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, yeah, being able to experience so many different industries and operations and learning what they do. um, You know, I was really thankful they had a subscription to, I believe it was called AM Best. And so I could go in there and I could, you know, I could pull up either their SIC code or their NAICS code and, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to pull up basically a write-up of what I was going to go see and mm-hmm. the different exposures that I would see, depending on the different lines of insurance, so it was just for me, it was just a big learning experience yeah. and yeah. getting that exposure to all the different types of of jobs that are out there.
0: Yeah. And I think, as at least for me, I don't. I'm wondering if this has been for you as well. As a consumer of things, having been in so many different types of industry settings where things are are made or processed, you don't. I I feel like I look at my consumables just like in my house or in my grocery store and think oh that was made by a punch press Mm -hmm. or that was you know in a plating industry or uh, the number of hands that had to touch that piece of meat that i'm now holding in my hand have been probably you know this many do do you do you think that about consumer things as well having just seen all this stuff
1: i do and i feel that i have a lot more respect for the things that I use day in and day mm-hmm. out in my life now, or you know, in my kids' lives, or you know, yeah. things like that, because just knowing all of the time and energy that was put into making one diaper, or you know, making a plate of food, or things like that, it's just right?
0: it, it really changes your perspective on things. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. This this was a plastic injected molded toy that my kids got. You I know. know. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> And then I'll start talking about it, and my husband's like, "Really, you're going there again?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're okay, Siobhan. <laughs> I, 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 I tell myself that all the time. <laughs> so, so uh, what what was the next stop on your journey? <laughs> well,
1: yeah. So I started that I, I started that job with the second carrier in Illinois, and then um, they ended up moving me up to. Milwaukee where I spent the rest of my time there probably a year and a half because they Mm -hmm. were starting to do layoffs down in the Chicago area and they were trying Mm -hmm. to get me to avoid it. Mm
0: -hmm. So then
1: I went up to Milwaukee and worked there for a while and then I started getting an itch because I'd go Mm -hmm. out and I would make these recommendations and then have no idea if they were helping because you wouldn't see them again for three years. Yeah. And uh-huh. it was it was kind of getting a little frustrating. I wanted to know if I was actually making a difference. Right. So I decided to work with a... I, I changed gears and became a safety specialist with a beverage manufacturer in the Milwaukee area mm-hmm. for about six months. And it was a great learning experience, unfortunately... Um, So you have great bosses and you have bosses that aren't always so great. Yes. And Mm -hmm. that was an experience where the boss that I had, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And so I made the
0: decision that I needed to leave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. congratulations I mean and after six months that was that was good well and it was yeah. in,
1: in but it, you know I decided I needed to leave but at the same time I could tell that she was feeling the same way so one way or another I think that was going to happen and yeah. I wanted to do it on my own terms so yeah um so I did that the unfortunate thing was there was no plan B. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't really think it through. I just knew this, I got to get out of this environment. It was just it was it was toxic pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So I I left and that was, you know, in 2010. And it was still hard to find positions at that time. Yeah, right. Um, So I ended up being out of work and I would pick up little, you know, consulting jobs on the side here and there. But that was about a year of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I got lucky because then a position opened up um, with another food manufacturer. And I threw my resume out there and met with that manager. And she had looked at the place I was at prior and she said, I've heard things. So that's another thing I'm realizing is even though this is a large community, safety and health professionals it's a large community but it's a small community it is and mm-hmm. so she said mm-hmm. i've heard about your boss and she said so i'm not even going to hold that against you <laughs> and she took a chance with me and she hired me on and it mm. was it was a great experience and so it was it was a pet food manufacturer and mm. there was um just under 300 employees on three shifts it was a union environment, so I got to mm, first have experience that. with yeah. that, uh-huh. and it was, it, it was really cool. I started out as a safety coordinator, and then she ended up leaving, and so I was an interim safety manager. Hmm. I really wanted the safety manager position, but with this company, they had a thing where the only way you could move up was if you moved to a different plant.
0: Mm. oh interesting yeah so
1: if I I wanted to stay there I I, my glass ceiling was safety coordinator I couldn't Mm -hmm. get to safety manager without moving and I didn't want to do that so I Mm -hmm. I did the interim thing and then they hired a new manager and you know so I'll say the good thing about working there was getting to engage with the employees every day and it's true what they say, you're going to get a lot further in the program if you just take that time to actually get to know them, not yeah. have it just be all about work and really invest your time and build those Relationships, and I think that's Mm -hmm. the part of the job I love the most. Mm -hmm. And then it just made it easier when we implemented new programs. You know, we we implemented a behavior-based safety program, and it was Mm -hmm. easier to get their buy-in because I had spent that time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we started doing job safety analyses, and so getting their buy-in on, I know this is going to take time, but I promise you that management is going to support it. Because at that time, we did have that support. We had a plant manager that was all about safety. You know, my safety manager was all about building those relationships as well. She was out on the floor just as much as I was. And so we, Mm -hmm. we really had all of that engagement and support and everything was going well. And our, you know, incident rates were really low and we were going in the right direction and everything was, was going really well. And then we, and then my manager left and we eventually got a new safety manager and His style was different. He felt that he should just be behind the desk. Mm -hmm. And so that was a little bit of a struggle. And then we got a new plant manager and his focus was on production and we'll get to safety when we can get to safety. Mm -hmm. And talk Mm -hmm. about seeing progress just disappear in a matter of it almost felt like minutes. I know it wasn't yeah. minutes, it's but so, yeah. it takes I've so much time to build too. it up mm-hmm. and then to see how quickly it can be torn it can down. Go, uh, uh-huh. It broke my yeah. heart. It really yes. did. It, it,
0: it is traumatic and it does break your heart. I've, I've been on the receiving end of that as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, you know, you're trying your to disappear
0: before your very eyes, yeah,
1: you know, and I'm yeah. still trying to say, but I'm still here for you and I I'm still, you know, trying to do my best, but right. they saw what upper management was doing and then it became a thing of why should we care right if they don't care Mm -hmm.
0: um so that was
1: a bit of a that Mm. was
0: a a harsh reality check I guess yeah and Um, you know how wonderful that you had such great mentors early in your career to kind of help set that compass if you will so that when you when you saw these things happening later you I mean, did it, did it, did it help you like with the confidence to say this isn't right and it's time to move on?
1: It did. I I think it helped a lot because once I realized that was the direction that that culture was going in Mm -hmm. and I said, well, if, if I don't have the support, there's no way I'm going to get it back where it needs to go. And I didn't want to give up on them. So, I mean, I, I would, I was kind of in that position where I would entertain the idea of something if it came across my lap. But yeah. I didn't really want to look because I felt like I was, I was going to let them down. down yeah. And I didn't want to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it turned out that a recruiter from a staffing company you know, had seen my profile on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. reached out and said, would you be interested in talking to us? And at the time, it was really just for a safety admin role. So mm-hmm. I was, their idea was that I do part safety admin functions and part work comp functions. And yeah. I said, well, I'll come in and talk about it, but it didn't, it didn't feel like that was going to be a step up in my career, Yeah. but it never hurts. And I was thinking, if anything, I'll make some connections. And so, you know, I'm fine with that. And so I met with who ended up being my future boss and we started having a conversation. I started talking about, you know, my career thus far and I don't know. We we clicked. Mm-hmm. And she realized, you know, this was back in 2013. So this was when OSHA came out with their temporary worker initiative. And yeah. she knew that if she was going to succeed in building a good program, she was going to need some people with my skills who could be out there working with the different um staffing offices and working with the temps out in the field and working with the customers Mm -hmm. that they actually provide temporary employees Mm -hmm. to Hmm. so she ended up making an argument to the owners of the company stating i need a safety team i don't need just me and an admin i need a team and i want to hire siobhan and oh by the way i want to hire two more people just like her Mm -hmm. and she was lucky enough that she had the owners of the company said, Okay, if this is what you believe, and you think that this is going to turn things around for us, um, then go for it. So then one day, I got a call from her. And she said, I know you interviewed for this admin job, but I want something more. And this is what I want. And what do you think? And I said, That sounds amazing. (laughs)
0: That is so great.
1: So I felt like I got lucky again, and I I was able to switch, and it was a great job. I was there for for five years, and we got to build. I think what I liked the most was we built a lot of things from scratch. They didn't really have a safety program for their internal employees, so we had to work on that. And -hmm. then they didn't really have a safety program for their temporary employees, so we got to develop the different programs and the training and They didn't really have a process in place to assess the environments or assess the companies that they'd be sending temporary employees to. So we got to build that whole process from scratch. And it was just, it was such a fun learning experience. And then I also had a team of other people just like me that I could work with, so I wasn't all alone, trying to do something, mm-hmm. which i I did have my manager, so I have to take that back. I did have my manager at the pet food manufacturer, so that was nice. but now I had mm-hmm. a group of it was four of us, and then we eventually got a fifth person to work on our team, and that was amazing, and we were all female. I just feel the need to throw that in, so <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it was yes. a team of five of us that oh, were all team. females, <laughs> yes, and then we we're you know doing all these great things and after a couple of years. When it got to the point where they wanted to see how the results were with their work comp, um, you know, we had done such a great job with uh, work comp management, and then all of these proactive things that we were doing to help decrease the amount of injuries we were seeing and decrease the severity of the injuries we were seeing, we ended up saving that company. Oh, I think they said it was somewhere around three or four million dollars. Mm-hmm. It was oh, the I first year that they actually mm-hmm. got money back <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from mm-hmm. what they had mm-hmm. paid on their policy yeah. and they for me, I think that was one of the the biggest accomplishments was knowing that all the hard work that we did and all the hard work we did out in the field and training the branches and getting them to understand things that they should look for when they see the customers in terms of hazards and discussions they can have on ways that we could help them or, you know, other resources Mm -hmm. they could use to develop controls that could help with those hazards. It just, to know that that all actually translated to, Something tangible that we could see. We helped them
0: save three million dollars. It was it was really it was really awesome. (laughs) You you know, everything you did up to that point really was setting you up for success in a staffing agency. You know, your eyes had seen so many work environments. When you're doing these, you know, risk assessments for these different places the temporary workers were going into, you you could build on all of that history that you had to 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 be able to make it meaningful.
1: Yeah, and I never would have thought. One of the things when I interviewed with my manager at the staffing company, I said, how does safety fit in with this? I had done some contractor safety at the pet food manufacturer, but I never really dealt with temporary employees. So this was all new to me. And then as we started formulating what our program looked like and started realizing we need to go out and see these industries, all of a sudden I said, oh, wait. I did this before, yeah. and I've seen a lot of these places before. And so, yeah. seeing that tie mm-hmm. that I never thought would
0: happen mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: was really cool. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: just I feel like the work that the five of you did is is likely on the leading edge for staffing agencies. Um, I, I'm. <laughs> I feel I, I have to agree a... with that because yeah. other
1: staffing companies that. Our customers would be working with, we would often get feedback. well, my other staffing companies don't do right. that. We don't even see anyone come out and take a look at the work environment or ask us for job descriptions or offer us yeah. safety services or safety training and right. they right. you know they don't train their temporary employees mm-hmm. on safety before they get out here. We were hearing all of those gaps, so mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was good knowing that and I mean, and we used those uh recommendations if you will from the temporary worker initiative to help build our program we wanted to make sure all of those gaps were being addressed
0: yeah yeah and for people who are listening to this you know s- statistically what what you did is very is is very different it is on the leading edge and if people want to listen to the other side of the story episode number 13 of the accidental safety pro uh, with uh, a filmmaker named David Desario, Star- De um, shines a light on really the crisis in the country of temporary workers and the lack of safety that they have. So, Siobhan, you really, you really are on the cutting edge of this. So, you know, if people are listening and want to compare and contrast two sides of a story, knowing that you did it. And with great success, I think, is just something to be celebrated. So yeah, well done.
1: And I know that there's a lot of people out there who look at staffing agencies and you know think they don't really care about temporary employees and they're not concerned with their safety and things like that. I get it because I know there are a lot of agencies out there that are like mm-hmm. that. But there yeah. are some that are trying to make a change. Right. And I think that yeah. for companies you know, who are looking for temporary employees, They need to be just as proactive as we were trying to be proactive, you know, Mm -hmm. take the time Mm -hmm. to get to learn about the agencies that you're going to be working with and what practices and policies do they have in place to protect the workers? And are they on the same page as you in terms of temporary employee safety? You know, those are great questions to ask and to find out so that you can work with those agencies who really do care about their employees.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Siobhan, um next steps you're back in. you're back in grads you're in grad school now right I
1: am yes so I I I stayed with the staffing company for five years and then Mm -hmm. came into this training and education role a year ago now just a little over a year ago and I love it I love all aspects of it I love everything that I'm teaching um but I know that I have more that I could learn. And so I mm-hmm. came to the conclusion that I think that getting a master's in environmental safety and health is going to help me to expand my knowledge and to be able to provide more information to the students that I teach. So I, mm-hmm. I started the master's program in environmental health and safety with UW-Whitewater last fall. Mm-hmm so I'm mm-hmm. in my second semester right now.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I've, I'm interested for you to share, you know, drum roll, a research project <gasps> that um, you're thinking about doing or have committed to doing. Yes. No, I, I know I'm definitely,
1: I know I definitely want to propose it and I've been told that my proposal should be accepted, but I just love So much the work that I did with the staffing company and so much that I learned in regards to temporary employee safety and I want to continue on that. So my, my research project is going to be around temporary employees and temporary safety. And the first Mm. angle I want to look at is with the employers. So just kind of taking a look at Mm you know, when we're looking at the temporary worker initiative, how much of this are you following? How much above and beyond are you doing? You know, what's your engagement like with temporary employees, things around that nature. I really, that's, that's continued to be a passion of mine. So I, I want to do more research into it and see what I can come up with. And there isn't a lot of research that's been done yet. So the initiative came out in 2013, but Mm -hmm. you know, how successful has it been? I don't know. So I guess that's what I want to find out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, on behalf of a grateful industry, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. People are people are going to want to read this research. This is this is wonderful. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Siobhan, it didn't it didn't turn out so bad following in your mom's footsteps, has it? No, it hasn't <laughs> at all. And it's
1: funny, you know. She, uh, her, and I actually were just talking the other day, and she she says, you know, it's even funny the way your career. Happened because she did a little bit of a stint with OSHA, but then she went and worked for an insurance agency before she became uh, mm-hmm. a professor at the university. Yeah. So she's like, "You even did some of the jobs that I did, and I didn't even <laughs> tell you about it." So it's just
0: that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shavon, what's your mom's first name? Deborah. So Deborah, thank you for bringing us Shavon. <laughs> 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 What a gift to the industry. Thank you. I know. <laughs> and
1: she's done amazing things too. I always, I always say to you know, Mom, you have a pretty cool career yourself and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm just the one teaching our future and I said, Mom, that's mm-hmm. a pretty important thing <laughs>
0: It is a pretty important thing. sounds like maybe your mom needs to be on the accidental safety pro. You know, um, you
1: know, I actually, I think that would be really neat. Cause I love hearing her story. So right? I'll listen.
0: <laughs> you work on that. And like, I let's, will, let's, let's, let's get Deborah on the podcast. Yeah. We can have a mother daughter team. That would be so cool. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: I, I will work on that. I think that would be really yeah. cool.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so Siobhan, um, advice for anyone in the profession or even maybe grad school in general as we close out our time together today? You know
1: I guess a couple of things. Um, You bring up the grad school. If there's one thing I would have done differently I probably would have went back to grad school a good five years earlier than I am. So if you think that's something you're going to want to do jump on that bandwagon sooner than later if you can. Um, But my other thing is don't be afraid to try new opportunities. You know, I started out in the insurance industry and then I went into beverage manufacturing and then, you know, pet food manufacturing and then staffing. And now I'm doing training and education. And, you know, the different industries, they bring you a different perspective on the Mm -hmm. safety and health profession. And it really helps to expand your skills. So, you know, I, I feel... I've talked about a lot of different jobs. It probably sounds like I job hopped a little bit. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. sounds, sounds a lot like, my, it sounds a lot like my resume. Actually. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: but I think that it was worth it and it's kind of made me well-rounded and I think that it, mm-hmm. it, it allows me different, um, it allows me different experiences that I can draw from when I'm teaching the students that I teach now. So yeah. don't be afraid of those new opportunities. And if it's in an industry different from what you're used to, that's okay. It's just going to broaden your experience and broaden your knowledge and make you a more well-rounded safety and health professional.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Siobhan. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank today.
1: you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> and thank you all so much for joining in and listening today. And thank you for the work that you all do to make sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. You can listen to all of our episodes at vividlearningsystems.com or subscribe in the podcast player of your choosing. If you have a suggestion for a guest, including if it's you, please contact me at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.